Welcome to this week's teaching from Exchange Church in the heart of Belfast. But let me uh, get to our very special guest this morning. Um, we have all the way from Brazil, all right? Wow, yeah, all right. That's, that's past Newton Ards a bit, okay? And uh, we have Paul and Jill Van Opstahl, right? This is where I'm going to stand a wee bit taller because anyone who of Dutch descent is massive. So I'm going to look like a complete midget in a moment, all right? So I'm going to stand up a wee bit higher on my tippy toes. And uh, Elisa, um, Paul and Jill's daughter, is here too. And of course, Laura. Okay, Laura's all the way from Belfast, but she's here with them. So let's put our hands together and make them really welcome. We're, we're so pleased that you're here with us, guys. And uh, it's going to be great. So what we're going to do, I'm going to pray. And Paul and Jill are going to, your tag team in this morning, they're going to preach, bring us a word of grace. I'm, they have an incredible work in Brazil. And uh, I'm sure we'll hear bits of that. They were here during lockdown, I think. Um, a couple of years ago, was it? I can't remember. April. April, yeah, okay. And, um, and so they, I, I don't want to waste time. You don't want to listen to me. You want to listen to them this morning as they tell you just what God is doing. But the most important thing for me is anyone who shares our, our church is that there's that heart of grace, right? To encounter the God of grace and the gospel of grace. And these guys carry such an anointing and such, a, such a, a, an experience of God and seeing God and what they're doing in their work out there. Um, as well, these are the guys that we're hopefully going to be sending you lot out to sea next year on our mission trip to Brazil. So it's going to be really exciting, isn't it? Okay, so without any further ado, let me pray. Father, I want to thank you for, for Paul and Jill, for Elisa, for Laura this morning coming along. Just pray, Jesus, in this place that uh, we would hear your voice this morning. We would hear what you have to say to us, Lord. Our hearts are open, aren't they, church? Our spirits are open. We're welcome, welcoming you, Lord, in this place to speak to us, to your word, your very word is their life and health to us, your words, Lord. That's what the Bible says. And so we receive them today. And we thank you for, for, for this family coming all this way to bless us, encourage us, speak to us, and to bring your grace to our lives. And all God's people said, put your hands together, folks, and let's welcome them. Here we go. I'm Jill Van Opstal. I'm originally from Akron, Ohio, but I've lived overseas many years, so I married my Dutch husband, met him in Amsterdam, and we've had a wonderful life of ministry since we've known each other. Um, in Brazil, the Lord has blessed us tremendously beyond what we could ever imagine or think. Um, We've been able to help with our children's shelters. We, have, we own two farms, and we have houses around the farms where we've been able to help over 2,000 children through the years. Um, but I want to share you a little bit about my story. And my father was Romanian, and my grandparents came over on the ship to America, and my father had a very traumatic childhood. He, uh, my grandparents didn't stay together and he was shuffled uh, from one alcoholic violent home to another alcoholic violent home. And in between that, when he was eight years old, his mother brought him to an evangelistic meeting and he asked for Jesus in his life and he asked for the fullness of the Holy Spirit and God changed his story 
And my dad, who was brought up in a violent home, was the most gentle man that I knew, never lost his temper, and I always knew that I was loved, and he loved each one of his children with a very fierce, dedicated love. And God has the power to change everyone's story. I've seen it again and again, and I praise him for that. So the, the first time, um, when we were first in Brazil, we had a wonderful ministry in Amsterdam where we knew Jane and Louis Nart, and we worked uh, with evangelism and all kinds of wonderful ministries. And we came to Brazil filled with fire, but the first years were very difficult, especially for me. And I'm, I want to read this verse from Joshua chapter 14. Um, Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly followed Jehovah my God. So in the beginning years of Brazil, I was kind of in the wrong place at a wrong time, and I was close to a man who had very dark secrets. And when I was away from my family, when I was alone, he regularly threatened me so that I understood his meaning was for my well-being, for my family's well-being, I needed to keep my mouth shut. And something in me was broken, and I had very terrible nightmares on a regular basis. And when I went to speak Portuguese, I had a stutter. When I met new people, I was very... Uh, afraid a lot of the time. When I went into the town, I was afraid. I had uh, panic, situations of panic. But the Lord loves me so much, he didn't leave me there. And after some years, actually, um, I, I, I accepted this situation. And you know that the Lord has situations, but they're just passing. But I built a house there actually. I thought, you know, I can't share. My husband does all the talking. I won't share. And I'm a musician. I play the flute. And I take care of small children. So that's kind of how my life was until a mutual friend of ours, Rob, invited Cody and Marcel Hasenbeck to do a Grace Conference and when they shared, it was the best news that I had heard in a very long time. And God transformed my life by showing and revealing his love to me. And soon the, ni the nightmares disappeared. And I was able to speak Portuguese more fluently. I preach the good news. I preach with the, on video and God is a story changer. He sees the eight-year-old hand, and he changes that person's story. He changes our stories. He interpreted uh, the scriptures to me, became alive with love. And in Psalm 23, he prepared a feast for me in the presence of my enemies, and we give the enemy a black eye when we meditate on his love, when we meditate on his word. His love 
for us changes everything. I believe that God's love changes lives, changes people, changes families, changes little ones who say, I need Jesus. I need help. God sees that life and he changes us. He loves us too much to leave us where we are, and he never leaves us alone. Even though I was content and I had built a house where I was not meant to stay, God did not leave me, and he brought me into a new place. And I believe for some of you that God is opening a door, that you've been in a confined space. Maybe you built a house where you were not meant to stay, but God is today opening the door that you can walk through, and it's because of his great love for us. He never leaves us alone, and he never, uh, we can never forget how much he loves us. In Luke 24, 27, he interpreted to them himself in all the scriptures. I began loving Bible study in a way never before. In the Old Testament, all the way to the New Testament, we see the great love of Jesus for our lives. The Bible is a series of love letters to each one of us. So I'll let Paul share the rest. I don't want to take away. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you, babe. Um, it is so wonderful to be here. Uh, Jill is a lot more organized than I am, because I had know that I've passed some verses on, but changed already a little bit. But my prayer this morning is that all of you will be touched and encouraged to apply what we heard. We heard in the worship the truth about the Word of God, how He loves us, how He wants to walk with us, how we can trust Him, how His name has everything in it for us to apply in our lives. I would like to start by reading a verse, and that's not in the in the what I what we passed to Penny, and it's also we've, I forgot my tablet in the big suitcases that are in Amsterdam, but it's all doesn't matter. Philippians four, is there any way that you could find that for me? Philippians four four to seven, <clears throat> and I've heard some of it today. I feel like the Lord has put on my heart to encourage you to focus on Him during these times. And I know that all of us are going through challenges. I know that all of us are going through difficulties. But it is going to be the way how you decide to deal with that that is going to make you strong. You know what I'm saying? Because if you don't, then you're going to fall down. If you don't, you're going to be impressed by your difficulties instead of being impressed with the wonderful God that we serve. Now, our story, Jill, she didn't mention that, but she wrote a second book that is going to come out in 2025, and it's called Finding a Happy Home, One Woman's Journey of Faith and Redemption. And it's so exciting. Uh, you know, in one way, when I read it, uh, because she always makes me read it when she writes, so I, she said, let me know what you think. And it made me cry because it shows what she shared, how hard the difficult years were in the beginning, and me as a husband wasn't always paying attention to that. I think us husbands know that a little bit. Oh, did you go through that? I never paid much attention to that. But um, 
that journey of faith and redemption God has for all of us. And so I'm going to read with you those verses in Philippians 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Oh, I can read on the other side. Act like I know it by heart. <laughs> Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. Jill and I met in January 1990. I was 20 years old. Jill was 23 years old. I looked a lot older. She looked, my whole life said, oh, Jill looks so young. You look so old. But it's fine. It was love at first sight. And we were married 10 months later. Because I'm from Holland, she's from Ohio, and then when we met within Youth with a Mission, we were uh, thinking, oh, we're going to get married in December, but the phone bill was too high, so we moved it up to October, and so the 13th of October, we will be married 33 years. It is a miracle that she puts up with me. Um, but I have some verses about that in a minute as well. <laughs> um, but, I, but I felt like, and I think we've heard it this morning, I wanted to share with you how God uses regular people that make a lot of mistakes, that uh, don't always do what he wants us to do, that uh, sometimes focus on the wrong things, that he says, my grace is sufficient for you. And that he can use us. So here we read in, Philippi in Philippians that, you know, when we go through trouble, when we go through pain, when we go through difficulties, that we should bring those difficulties to him. Not imploring, not begging, Lord, help me, I'm so down. No, with thanksgiving. And so when you look at the life of Jesus, he always prays and thanks the Lord that the Lord is going to do it. Why is that? Because he knew his Father. And that is where the trick of our whole life is. Knowing who we love. Knowing who loves us first. Knowing that He can change it. Knowing that He has everything under control. So we met. We stayed in Amsterdam for seven or eight years. Then we moved to Brazil to open a children's shelter. If I would have known that at one point we would have 99 children living with us... I don't know if I would have gone. <laughs> if I would have known that at one point I would have more than 55 staff working for me, that is more work than all those children, I don't know if I would have gone. But you know what? That is why sometimes we wait from the Lord, and He doesn't reveal it right away to us, because we are all little chickens and we would run away. But I want to show you that this, the, the title of Jill's book, A Story of Faith and Redemption, can apply in all of us. God can use you the way He wants. And so I would like to read Philippians 1.6. I, I became a Christian when I was uh, 15 years old. I love to sleep, wake up late, but one night, and I still remember it, the Lord woke me up at about 3 o'clock in the middle of the night with this verse. And it says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to the, com 
unto completion until the day of Christ Jesus. I never understood this verse until about 10 years ago. I always thought, yeah, the Lord started a good work with me. But by the churches, by religion, we have been taught that we have to work hard to be the Christian accepted by God. I have to have my quiet time. And I felt so guilty when I skipped a couple of days. I have to obey. I have to be right. I have to be friendly. I have to, I have to, I have to. And I, even as a missionary, I was just living under this constant pressure of serving the Lord and doing everything what is right. And then also applying it on your family members. You know, oh, we are so worried. Oh, our children, our family, our brothers and sisters, we have to bring them back to the Lord. My mother, she has been a Christian uh, for a very, very, very long time. And unfortunately, she is still, very, I, I praise the Lord, I believe she is saved, but she's very religious. Do you know religious people that hit you on the head with all kinds of verses that will just keep condemning you, that will keep focusing, oh, the end is coming near, look at everything, what is going on. But instead of focusing on Jesus, they focus on all the bad things. But anyway, so this verse in my life was kind of a, you know, it was this, this pressure I have to do right. Until about 10 years ago, it was about the time that uh, uh, Marcel and Cody came to Brazil. Uh, Rob Berense came, was in our, Rob and Alan Berens, for those who know them, they have been very good friends to us. And then I started realizing that the Bible says things different than often we are taught. It says, he who started the good work in you, he will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. So that takes a burden of us. And those of you that are leaders, those of you that organize stuff, I'll give you a little example. Let's say you're organized. My, my sister got married two weeks ago. Uh, my sister is also a missionary in Cambodia. She was a single woman for 56 years, adopted seven children. And then finally she met this Dutch man that was willing to marry her. She called me a year and a half ago, and she said, Paul, would you, uh, he asked me to marry, what I do? I said, don't let him escape. <laughs> My sister is a wonderful woman, but imagine seven adopted children, now with seven grandchildren. I said, don't let him escape. But Dylan and I went, and... Uh, to the wedding, Elisa came, and it was a wonderful time. It was good to see her. But um, again, it was like, okay, what is the Lord going to do in their lives, in our lives, about, um, you know, our whole family? Uh, you know, the verse is, I will carry it unto completion, is a fact that um, we have to trust Jesus that he can also do it. And I have a lot of verses that, I have that, that are on my mind, and I'm not going to be able to share all of them. But our lives are like an, an example of regular people, like all of us, that often wake up and say, I don't know how I'm going to do this. We all have those days, right? Oh, I don't know. We worry about our children, don't we? Our grandchildren. We worry about our, my brother and my sister. And... Um, we want to show the world that Jesus loves us. We want to show the world that he can use us. We want to show the world that he has a story of faith and redemption for all of us. Yeah? And so there's the, the verse that I want to read next with you is um, Romans 10, 17. 
This is one of my favorite verses. And I know that you will also agree with me because whenever the service started and the worship started and uh, Adam started speaking truth, Andrew started speaking truth, that clicks in your heart. Don't you have that? When you have the, you know, we sang about the Holy Spirit, the, the resurrection power. The Bible says, he that resurrected Jesus from the dead, he lives in us. So that power is in you. It's not just in Adam or Andrew or Penny or in Jill or in me. It's in all of us. The power of the Holy Spirit doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are. If you say, Jesus, I need a Savior, please enter my life, then that power lives in you. So if that power, if the Holy Spirit is able to raise Jesus from the death after three days, is he not able to resolve the problems that you have in your life? Is he not able to, that he who started the work, a good work in your life, of that of your children or your family, then to say, Lord, I trust you that you can complete that work? If we believe that Jesus rose from the dead, then, <laughs> then I can say, Lord, and it's hard, but I trust you that you will do all the things that need to be done. Now, what is the trick for me to keep trusting? To when all those kids were there and I was spending 40,000 pounds a month and at some point said, Lord, where is that money coming from? And throughout all those years, we've been there almost 25 years, we have absolutely no debt whatsoever. But that is God. That is God. But then this, this verse that I want to read with you about faith. You know, the story of faith and redemption. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing what? The message. You know, we meet sometimes as well, are too focused on the bad stuff that's going on in the world. Everything, consequently, faith comes through hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. The more we hear about Jesus, the more we hear about his goodness, the more we hear about his miracles, the more we hear about his provision, the more we hear about salvation is not just going to heaven after you die, but salvation is healing, provision, presence of the Lord. The more we focus on that, the more we choose in our life. No, I'm not going to watch this, but I'm going to listen to this. No, I'm not going to hear music that is just going to get me down or I'm just not going to open all those newspapers with this person died, this war is going on. No, but in, in, on top of everything else, we fill ourselves with what God did and what he is doing. That is the trick. That is the trick for your life and that has been the trick for my life. And I see in my life, when I lose focus, when I get stressed, or anxiety, or all those things, then I lose the focus, and then my heart, what is filled with Christ, then suddenly it goes less and less and less. And if there is less of the Word of God in my heart, what happens? The stuff of the world fills those places. So I start getting worried about, oh, what is going on in Brazil while I'm here? Do you think that they're doing a good job? Do you think that things are going bad? And also in our own spiritual life, once you're, if you're not focused on what the Lord wants to do and is doing and has done, then you start becoming religious. 
and we all have that. You know, at one point, you know, when you, we heard the grace message 10, 12 years ago, I became religious in grace. Have you ever done that before? <laughs> oh, no, I can't sing that. That is not grace. That's religious, you know. And it distur- then it makes them so religious. But the Lord is giving us freedom because he is not a religion. He is a relationship. He's a person. He wants to talk with us. He wants to show us stuff. And even if you fall, it doesn't matter because he will pick you up. And even if you, Adam said it so beautifully during the communion, you know, God looks to you and he sees Christ in us. So it doesn't matter. We have a a little church in Brazil that we started about eight years ago. We took it over. And um, I always say, Lord, first of all, why did you make me a pastor? Because it's hard being a pastor. You guys need to spoil the pastors a little bit. Send them gifts. (laughs) If they tell you to do something, then do it. Because it's hard being a pastor. I don't know. I, said it, I think I said it the last time as well. If, you, if they like chocolate, send them chocolate. If they, you know, send them a voucher to go out to a, a voucher to go out to a restaurant or something. Just spoil them because it is not easy. And grace is like this. If I have to organize this wedding, what I was talking about with my sister, and I have all those chores to do, I have to send out the invitation, I have to do the location, and it's weighing heavily on me. But then what God is asking us in the spiritual life is to hand it over to him. So we do it like this. I have to organize the wedding, but I'm asking Jill to send out the invitation. I'm sending Penny, you do the location. Adam is going to organize the food. Suddenly I feel a lot lighter. That's what Jesus is asking from us. Just hand it over to me because I've already done it. You know, if you would look at us, a simple couple from America and Holland, when I was 12 years, I, I switched high schools because I was being bullied. I, my, my self-esteem was so low, I, could, I thought I, nobody would want me, nobody would, you know, I couldn't do anything. But then when God enters your life and my life, Everything changes. Everything changes. So when we moved to Brazil, we were invited by this church, and we said, listen, do this home. So we did the home. Uh, We went to Brazil with eight suitcases and the blessing of the Lord, and it grew, and it grew, and it grew, and I thought, that's it. We have a children's home, nothing more. And then the church came eight years ago. And so I said, Lord, I would like a church a little different than what you've given me right now. Because I have children of the shelter. We rent out a home to a rehab home. So we have about 10, 15 guys from the rehab home come to the services every week. And then we have a lot of strange people coming to the church every week. (laughs) Can it not be a little normal? I said, Lord. (laughs) And at one point, our rent was uh, 6,000 Brazilian reais. Now, guys from the rehab had no money. Kids from the shelter had no money. I said, Lord, just a couple of people that could help out with the rent would be so nice. But, you know, the Lord works in mysterious ways. The Lord says, ah, that would be easy, wouldn't it? Then you don't have to think about it. Then you don't have to trust. Then you don't have to, you know, because when God has spoken, it's, it's done. It's done. And that brings me to another verse that really, uh, 2 Corinthians 12, 9, verse that, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. 
For the power is made perfect in weakness, and therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. I am here to testify that I am weak. I am here to testify that I cannot do it at all. I have made bloopers, that I am bossy, that I am, you know, I could keep going on and on and on. But God says, no, but I can use you. And that's the same with you. That is the same with your life. You might think that you're at a place right now that you think, well, you know, what am I doing here? But I believe God is telling you today, let me use you. Hand it over to me. In the beginning of COVID, like I said, we were paying rent, 6,000 reais. We couldn't do have services. And at one point, we had given a little piece of land to a church to build a, a, a little church. And we were driving on the road. And Jill said, you know, why don't we ask them to buy, to buy back the building since they are not using it anymore? And I listened to my wife. That's also a, 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 that was a miracle, you know. And I said, oh, that's a good idea. So I called the church that I had given the land to. I said, listen, you guys have not, are not doing anything anymore. Would you want to sell the building since the land is officially still ours? And make a long story short, yes. And so the Lord, has give, we bought this building back. Through miraculous ways, we have renovated this building into a community center. So now we have a shelter, a church, and a community center. So those of you, I really need the whole church to come next year. Because that, we have a lot of work to be done. <laughs> and I'm not talking about work building and painting. I'm talking about really loving the children, working with the people. You know, because the Lord has really opened our hearts during COVID. You know, just words is enough. Just words isn't enough. I think we all need to stand up a little bit and think, okay, well, how am I living my life? How does the Lord want to use me? Because just words isn't enough. Sometimes a little gift to your neighbor. Oh, yeah, but we don't really know each other. Oh, a little gift. Just to show, you, show them that you, you, know, you thought about them. Or a compliment at work. Gosh, you did that well. Or maybe sometimes not give your opinion when another other opinion has been given. You know? but, so during those 25 years, what I have seen in my life is that if you step aside... And let God do what he wants to do, then things turn out so much better. Then, then, then uh, you know, then our own, you know, we have this song in Brazil that says, let my own flesh go down and let the power of you grow in my life. And so we have um, made, like I said before, made many mistakes. But when I look at what the Lord has done in Brazil, when I look at how the children are being uh, touched by the, the gospel of God, by the love of God. Many children uh, came to us and they were never told that God loves them. Many children came to us and they were told, listen, you were a mistake. You should have never been born. We have had children that instead of being nurtured by the mother, they were laid with the dog to drink milk from the dog. We have had children that uh, about a year and a half ago, we had six brothers and sisters come to us. 
And that was a long time ago that we saw such a bad situation. They were so malnourished that they were so underweight and, you know, their skin, they didn't have any glow anymore on their skin. But one little brother was just doing well. And what happened was that these other brothers and sisters decided, well, since we are not getting enough food, let's all separate a little bit of that what we are getting and giving it to our brother. And he was healthy. He was even chubby. He was getting enough. And so we have all these children. And sometimes we say, Lord, how are we going to take care of all that? How are we going to take care of, um, of all these workers? And there was one story that, that was about 15 years ago. And I woke up in the middle of the night. Like I said, that was rare in those times. I woke up in the middle of the night with a verse in Corinthians that says, what no, e- what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no heart has imagined are the things that God prepares for those that love him. Do you love him? Well, then this verse is also for you. And I woke up with that verse, and it was a time that a lot of the cities that have kids with us, they owed us money. They didn't pay their bills. And, you know, in Brazil, we pay a 13th salary for Christmas. And it was a time that that was going to happen. And so we needed all that money. And so I woke up with that verse. And early in the morning, my secretary called me. She said, you know, the city's called, and they said they are not going to pay. But the Lord had already given me that verse. And so then once you fill yourself up with the word of God, faith comes by hearing, right? Then you kind of start trusting the Lord more and more and more. And so when that happened, I said to my secretary, get this verse, print it out, and hang it everywhere in the office, and let's just start declaring. And so I sent out an email. The Lord, I felt the Lord sharing me, send out an email to those that have been here. So not to everybody, only those that have been here. And within three days, all the money that we needed, plus double it, was in our account. When you trust the Lord with your family, when you trust the Lord with your work, when you trust the Lord with your health, you know, I'm not here saying that it was all easy, right? You understand what I'm saying. I'm saying that, you know, we are going to go through trouble. Psalm 23 that Jill read, even when I go through the valley of death, But he is with us. So it's not saying that we're not going to pass through the valley. But What it's saying is that we're not going to stop and just die there. No, it says we are going to go through difficulties. But I will be with you. And so my story today about, you know, that the work that he started in you, in your children, in your family, the work that that he's doing in the church, the work that he's doing, your business, he started it and he will complete it. I'm also telling you that you don't have to worry about making mistakes because in our mistakes, when we recognize those mistakes and boast in our weaknesses, then his power will be revealed. So his greatness will be revealed. And the secret of it all is fill yourself up with the word of the Lord. Because then your faith will be growing. If you look at Zacchaeus, he heard all the stories of what Jesus was doing. All the healings, all the multiplication of of the food, raising people from the dead. And his heart was filled with faith. I want to meet him. And then he finally met Jesus. 
And Jesus wasn't like many of us would do, point to those sinners. Oh, you wicked sinner. Come back to the Lord. Stop what you're doing. That is not Jesus' priority. The priority of Jesus is that the person would put their trust in him. And so he came into his house, and the love of Jesus made Zacchaeus say, I want to know you. I want to change my life. I want to live differently. I'm going to give back everything and more. And I'm going to give everything to the poor. That is what Jesus does. That is what true love of Jesus does in our lives. So I pray that you've been encouraged a little bit by our story. I pray that it helps you in your daily life. And that you remember those three points. Fill yourself up with the word. Listen to the, to the sermons. Fill, listen to good music. Don't focus on all the negative things in the world because it will just make you more down. Remember that you're allowed to make mistakes. But boast of them so that God can say, listen, now I can come in and I can make it all better. And also, you know, make everything you need known to him, but with thanksgiving. With other words, you trust that he will take care of it. Amen? Amen. Thank you so much. Pray for you guys. Amen. Church, why don't we stand? Do you enjoy that? Um, we're going to pray for um, Paul and Paul and Jill. Pent, you want to come up and? Uh, we're just so blessed. Uh, let's move into the middle here and um, move across. So, um, to have you guys with us this morning, and uh, that, that's such a good word. Isn't it, church? Eyes on Jesus. Faith this morning. I love that. If he started it, he's going to finish it. That's a word of grace right there. Father, we thank you for, for Paul and Jill and Elisa this morning. We thank you for what you have been doing in them, Lord. How you have been leading them over these decades of serving you, Father. And uh, Jesus, we want to say thank you. Thank you for everything, everything that you have been to them and everything that you've done through them, Lord. Father, thank you for the story this morning. Thank you for the testimony. Thank you, Father, that uh, grace doesn't say be perfect. It just says, you know, just believe and trust and receive. And Father, to see these guys and what they've done and what you've done through them, Lord, not always easy, standing like in some really, really tough situations, but believing that what he started, what you started, you're going to do, Father, such an encouragement for us. And so this morning, Father, we speak over them as a family, and we speak grace upon grace over you. Just right now, I just pray that, um, that your heart would be encouraged, Paul and Jill, that he is already, for this season coming in, he's gone before you. We've been talking about that, how the Lord is always moving how we keep our eyes not fixed on what we can see, but what is unseen. And that's, Lord, we, we look at you and we believe over you guys that the Lord is already working today in Brazil in relationships, new networks, new, new provision. Father, we thank you, Jesus, that this ministry is going to go from grace to grace and glory to glory. And so, Father, we thank you for your protection over this family. We thank you for encouragement over them, Lord. We thank you that uh, today you have already provided all that they need. And so, Father, we stand with them, Lord, shoulder to shoulder, encouraging them, cheering them on and saying, Jesus, what you've started in them, Lord, keep 
going, keep moving. So Father, we thank you for it, Lord, and we just thank you that we're going to see, hear more stories, more testimonies of lives changed, of children, Lord, reaching kids at such a, a young age and seeing lives and eternities transformed. Father, for the, the center, for the church, Lord, we just pray increase, Lord. We pray for, for fruit in, in, in all of those ministries. Father, that, this, that more and more people in Brazil would come to know you as their Savior. Jesus, that's what we long for, and that's what we're standing and believing. So, Father, we thank you for these two. Thank you for their heart to serve us this morning. Lord, to come and to bless us and to encourage this church here. And, and we're so grateful. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thank you. Awesome. Just felt as well to share. I can't actually remember where the verse It's in Galatians, but it was the one, you know, do not grow weary of doing good because at the right time you will reap a harvest. And I felt that the Lord was saying there's going to be situations that come up where you, you you go back and you think about people that you've sown into, lives that you've sown into, and you're not actually sure what's happened. And I feel like the Lord is saying, just attach faith. Every time like somebody pops into your mind, just attach faith to what you sowed, because those seeds will reap a harvest. And there are so many times when we don't know the whole story, but the Lord is just saying, believe that he's done the work. He's already done the work. Just like Paul was saying, you don't need to do any more. There's so many lives that have been touched, you don't need to do any more. But you can attach faith to everything. Even those times when you thought, what was that all about? Attach faith into it. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing. Thank you for those lives that have been transformed by your grace. The ones that they know about and the ones that they don't yet know about. And we just thank you, Father, that, like Paul said, no eye has seen. Lord, what you have in front of these guys, no eye has seen it yet. And it's exciting. And it's just so exciting for us to feel like we can be a tiny part of that. So, Father, we just thank you for this journey that we are now walking with these guys, that we get to be blessed, we get to hear these stories, and we get to sow in love and sow in prayer and sow financially and even go and visit. Lord, your world, your church is amazing. What an amazing family. Thank you for it, Lord. Amen. Amen. Amen.